Hello, you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I am one of your hosts, Angel, with Phil Pepe. How's it going, Angel? It's good, but you know what? I'm thinking here. Before we get started with this uh-uh. episode, it's just popped into my head. Maybe for episode 100, we'll start using your real name. Oh. How about that? I forgot my real name. <laughs> you know what? I'm saying it right now, and it's probably not going to happen. I just can't do it. Because you know what brought it up? Because speaking yesterday, uh, we were at the store, right? Well, I was at the store. The phone rings, and they're asking for John Pepe. And it took me about, it took me like a second. Who the fuck is John? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so it took me like a good while to figure that shit out. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they didn't say your last name, it would have been like, nope, it's the redhead John. That guy's this is his doctor, you know, like oh, yeah. it was hilarious. All right, gang. Oh. It's, you know, it's it's funny because I was doing that yesterday too, because one of our um one of our, our regulars came in, Pete, uh, and um we were we were talking and he you know, John was there. It's very rare that John is is there, I think, when Pete is there these uh, days. Uh, and for some and Pete knows my real name. And so, you know, he was talking to John and I'd be like, Oh yeah, and he's like, Oh yeah, and I was getting confused because I was <laughs> and then I kept telling him about this other customer who who knows my name is Phil, or my name in the store is Phil, but keeps calling me Pete. <laughs> and, and how even I recommended a book by my dad. And like the next day he came in, he's like, oh, I found it. Yeah, if you had chosen by Phil Pepe. Thanks for the recommendation, Pete. <laughs> but he knows that like the reason I'm called Phil is because my dad. And just it, for some reason it's stuck for him. So that so that real Pete is on his way out the door and he says goodbye, John, before he says goodbye, <laughs> Phil, and both me and John are like goodbye, Pete. So. <laughs> oh, Even God. I was, I was so tired yesterday. I was getting confused. There's too many names <laughs> flying around. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's hijinks. Hijinks at the Joker shop. Um, all right, gang. Welcome to another episode of the Indie Comic Review. This is episode ninety. We are Ooh. ten away from. The 100 episodes. I think that's when we're going to retire. Let's retire <laughs> episode 100. This, this is only supposed to be a six-part miniseries, and we end up <laughs> doing 90. Um, all right, cool. So for those of you that are brand new that are joining us, this is where we take uh, books off the shelf that are number ones from either indies or small prints, and uh, we give our two cents, Phil and I and them. So we have four books for you this week, but just two quick announcements before we get started, um, and then we can rock and roll right into the... Uh, our two cents portion. Um, one, if you have not read, and I'm telling you right now, if you have not read from Daryl Warren Johnson, do a power bomb. <laughs> you are so missing out. Listen, it's been a long time. I don't know if you finished it. Dude, all right. It, it's very rare for me to get teary-eyed. Oh, stop, the, stop. You're going to take it from me. Fuck, I, I literally fucking teared. Uh, I teared. That was fucking one of the best endings to a fucking mini that I've ever fucking read. So, so those last three pages, man. Like, oh my god! So, good. so if you know Daryl Warren Johnson and you didn't get this message to him, tell him he's <laughs> he's the fucking man. Because well, well, first, first, I don't know about Daryl Warren Johnson, but Daniel Warren Johnson definitely needs. That's to what know. I said. Oh, I da- you were Daniel. Saying Daryl Warren no, Johnson. Daniel. That's how oh. choked up I am. <laughs> But fuck, so it's it's like it was, it, it hit every single note, right? I mean, the art's great, the story oh. was great, um, the 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 characters' depth w- was great. I mean, 
this is a fucking book about wrestling. Um, at it, but it's so much more. But it's, it's so, so much, much more. more. Yeah. So the wrestling is sort of like the coding on top that kind of brings the story together. But the heart underneath it all was just, dude. Yeah, those last three fucking pages. And fucking, how often do we get a book where God is in it, <laughs> but it's not an overly religious tone of God? It's just God. And God's I, like the biggest fucking wrestling fan, which is, and he talks just like I think God would talk if he was a fucking wrestler, which is fucking there, great. There are three great uses of God. This is this is like in the top three now of the, of the best uses of God in comics. Savage Dragon, um, okay. which whatever Garza did with God in that is hilarious. Like issue twenty five, I think, of Savage Dragon. It's just it's one of the best uses of God in comics ever because just it's great. And then uh, wait, hold on, hold on, your your microphone's going in and out. Oh. Uh, how about now? Yeah, every time you talk, it goes. Da, 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 da. I think oh. there's a Morse code in your microphone. I think that it's. Hey, you know what? It's my uh, my my interpreter. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So yeah, Savage Dragon Twenty Five. Eric Larson does a great job with God, and then uh, Preacher also. What Garth Ennis, the way Garth Ennis treats God and Preacher, the comic, uh, is great. But this, I think, trumps them all because God is the way God is such an active participant in in this this story, um, and really again helps sell that ending. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. All right. See if you could just wiggle your microphone for a quick second. Mm, interesting. How about now? Now. No. No, every time you talk, it goes like... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be one of those annoying things. Oh, wait, wait, wait now do it. All right, how, how are we doing now? Nah, it sucks, bro. Ugh. So you're going to have to keep your words down to a minimum. Okay. Um, but yes, yes. So, I mean, this was the finale. This was issue what? Was it six? Seven. 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 Um, it ended on an odd number, but fuck, yeah. the story was great. If you've not read this book... You have to read it because it's it's you know there's a lot of minis out there and they're 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 good like even if I take uh, God Country which is a great mini that's uh Donny Cates right yeah um, and it was a satisfying ending it was a cool story but you know like the the fucking emotional roller coaster that you go on with do a power bomb is is far greater than I've ever experienced anything as of recent. Um, in a book so there's really great stories out there that have a really good finish i mean killer be killed left me with a fucking that that one also left me with like an emotional what the fuck because when you leave me with an ending that's open not an open ending to continue the story but an open ending for me to interpret what happened mm -hmm. in the entire fucking series you fucked with my life <laughs> and that was cool but this one this 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 hit just like the fucking heartstrings which is fantastic so and it and it looks like a complete ending like there's no yes, the end question mark it's just no talk of a volume two at this point i think it did well enough that if he wants to sequelize it he can but if he lets it stand alone as no, it is, yeah yeah if you there was a write-up at the very end of it too and he talks about the emotional, not not so much the emotional roller coaster, but like the attachment that he goes through with every single series that he writes, and like how, how he pours his heart into a project, knowing that at the very end he has to leave it. Especially with a project like this, that yeah. was really satisfying to him, and that has to restart the entire process over again. Yeah. But that's the whole part. That's the whole process of making comics. Yeah, is, is yeah. to go through that. So, and, and again, to tell an emotional story, but use the wrestling as the the, the setting for it. Yeah. Uh, visually, it was just. I mean, it was just. It was candy. It was oh. so so good. It was what, what he the way he portrayed the wrestling was so good. Yeah, his layouts were fantastic. All right, you know what? I think it's gonna work. You have to do. Can you do like a soft whisper? 
soft voice. How about this? How about my no. podcast voice? No, your po- <laughs> it's your microphone. It, where's Weird. the microphone? It's just right in front of me, like it always is, and everything is all plugged in and right. on. And try to unplug and plug it in real quick and see what happens. All right, give me a minute here. Yep. Give me a second. Let's hope I don't lose you. All right. You're back. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. No. Still the doing it. Jacked up. Weird. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where if I listen too long, I'm gonna freaking jump out a window. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it's that annoying. Wow! Wow! Uh, all right, let's let's try our best uh, with this, but we'll probably have people not listen to this podcast because it's like really annoying. Okay. Um, okay. So that was number one. So number two, um, I officially have all the pages and everything for Red Hyena: The Hard Fire. Oh, can I hear you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh. Yeah, still fucking annoying. All right. Um, as I was saying, Red Hyena, Heart of Fire, uh, part one. I got all the pages, putting them all together, and Phil's going to get them so that he can read it and review it for next week. Um, so, yeah, so you guys will have that. He will have that. Hopefully, I'll get it to him today and not, like, the night before um, that he can read. But, yeah, really good stuff from uh, Justin Bartz. Uh, he's the other half of Amazing Action Comics, and uh julian derber from uh the uk changed up his style for this one looks freaking fantastic and the story's story's great so i i hope you guys are gonna enjoy it so yeah phil will get a first shot at reading it and and giving his two cents on that so that'll be next week guys hopefully his microphone's not gonna sound like shit right (laughs) um all right so we do have four books so we're gonna try to get through this um because his microphone's jacked up he's gonna um summarize his uh, books in three words, and then we're going to move on. <laughs> so it'll be good. So this is for the week of December 7th in the year of our Lord, 2022. So you know what? I'm going to start off real quick. Um, and we're going to start off with something that was surprisingly pleasant and surprisingly surprisingly. Um, Gargoyles. So it looks like Dynamite now has some licenses from Disney. Uh, yep. Gargoyles is one of them, and they actually have the license for Darkwing Duck, too which was previously with uh, Boom, I believe, and then they did some other stuff prior to that. Um, But yeah, Boom lost it, I think, sometime last year, the year before, and Dynamite's picked it up. And they're not only doing new things. You know, they're able to reprint the old stuff as well. So I was reading up on it today, and yeah, they're able to, they're going to do some of the facsimiles, I think, of the first miniseries of Gargoyles. Um, And then they're going to do the same thing with Darkwing Duck, which I think is pretty cool so you can get some of the older stuff on there as well uh for those of you guys that don't know gargoyles it was an animated series back in 94 i believe is when it um released on air back in october uh created by the gentleman who actually wrote the first issue uh, which is greg weissman so he's a creator um he wrote this issue with illustrator george oh my god i'm gonna butcher this last name cam cambodias something like that and then letters by jeff eckleberry uh, the main covers by DNA, which is David Nakayama. Um, and yeah, basically all you have is gargoyles. They're stoned by day and then they come to life at night. So they were actually uh, around for quite some time. They were protectors of castles back in the day. Uh, curse was put on them and they were set to stone for a thousand years. Um, and then the curse was broken in modern day uh, New York. So this is the New York clan that is led by the chief gargoyle, um, Goliath. And it had all the characters 
pretty much in this book. So this book, within like the 22 pages of his story, gave you sort of like the recap of where they're from and every portion of the gargoyles that I remember from the animation, which is a, a feat onto its own without being overbearing, which was really cool. So it's all narrated by a cop. Her name is Elisa, and she's actually dating the main gargoyle, Goliath. <laughs> um, which is which is crazy, but so as <laughs> as gargoyles come in and out through portions of the story, she's giving you a brief recap on their name and who they are and where they fit in the story. So it was pretty cool, cool. and it's not overwordy at all. Um, the style that it's drawn in is really close to the animated style because it was similar to like that um, the Batman animated series um, mm -hmm. art, which is pretty cool, and. Uh, the one thing that I do remember from this animation that was different from other stuff that was out at the time is a lot of it was like melodrama and really dark. Um, it dealt with a lot of heavy subjects, almost like Shakespearean tragedy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of set it apart and it made it feel like it was almost more for uh, teen to adult kind of stuff um, or, or that demographic. But it was good. It ran for three seasons. So it was good enough to run that long um, in that respect. So... Um, this kind of takes off from where season three ended off, which was great. So it's just a continuation of the story. And since you're getting the creator writing the book, then you're going to get, you know, what, what you got from the show. What I really liked about it, and it, it just threw me back when I was looking at the art, was um, when, they, when they're standing and they close their wings, they actually clasp their hooks uh, on the front of their chest. Yes. And their wings look like a cape. I remember Which is that. freaking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was pretty good. I, I mean, I liked it. And you got a lot of background. So if you don't know anything about the, the series at all, you don't need to watch the animated series. You don't even need to read the previous series that are out. This gives you all the information that you need. Um, and it's starting to build up a story of who the main bad guys are going to be and what the, the gargoyles central role is. And it's great. The, the only thing I'll give away is, you know, there's a, a half cyborg, cyborg zombie um gargoyle that's dating a robot uh gargoyle and you'll, you'll get backstory on them later on but basically they're like why should we protect the humans and uh goliath is you know he's always been one of these like straightforward like you know we have to protect the castle and the castle is new york city so they're basically protecting the entire um new york city area um which i thought was pretty cool so yeah and, and it talks like him like I, i'm reading it like his voice and stuff like that in my head yep. So, yeah, um, if, if you are a fan of Gargoyles or the, the animated series, you're going to love this book. If you don't know anything about it, um, I would definitely pick it up. It's, it's a really good read. It gives you all the background. Um, the art is really great. And I think it's, if it continues this way, I think it's going to be a really um, exciting series. So, yeah, I get to add another book to my freaking <laughs> read list now. Uh, so Gargoyles from Dynamite. And listen, kudos to Dynamite for stepping out of their normal, you know, just uh, big titted women uh, stuff. <laughs> and, and I'm not complaining about it, but it's, you know, to be a one trick pony for so long and all of a sudden throw your hat into a different arena um, and hit a home run with it, I think is, is fantastic. So wait, weren't they doing, they were doing, um, what was it, Mad Balls and the Garage Girl Kids too, right? I believe that was them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're stepping out and they're getting licenses for some really cool stuff. So even, yeah. I mean, Darkwing Duck was a kid's cartoon. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be geared towards sort of like that young teen to, to preteen uh, if it sticks to, 
to what it's supposed to be. So, yeah, they're expanding their audience, which is really smart in their end. So, yeah, they'll get the little boys from preteen to the, the booby age boys, <laughs> which would be great. But you know what? Dynamite, Gargoyles, check it out. Cool stuff. Yeah, the, this Gargoyles resurgence is, is cool, too. There have uh, been some really neat NECA action figures coming yes, out. Yes, yes. And uh, there's going to be a new season of the cartoon show um, on Disney+. On Plus Disney+. Plus. Well. Yeah, yeah. it's in development. We'll see. So I, I, don't, I say until I actually see it. Right. Uh, I won't believe it, but yeah, they talk <laughs> about it being a development, and yeah, and there was the NECA stuff too. So obviously, it's it's not the '80s where like all the cartoons that we saw were like commercials for the toys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're it's, they're they're hand in hand now, still, I guess. So yeah. Cool. Well, now it preys on nostalgia factor. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right, what do you got? Sorry, right, the first one uh, that I'm going to talk about briefly. How's it sounding now? Still. Crappy. It's it's a little clicky, but it's it's a click every other word, so it's not as bad. <laughs> okay. Well, I, 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 no, okay. No, anyway. See, now you're fucking around. Yeah, now I'm fucking around. So, uh, Blaze Comics. This is called Family Time. And now, Blaze usually does a little more, like, they're the ones that do the Sumerian comics, and they do a little more, you know, I would say mature reader stuff uh this is actually really cool because this as at least from this first issue is a really good all ages book and in a nutshell you basically have a family dynamic uh mom and dad who own a cookie baking business uh and they have a daughter and a son traveling to ireland uh for vacation but mom and dad can't put the cell phones down and can't stop working, right? Where the kids are like, come on, we're on vacation. You got to put your phones down. The, you know, it's usually reverse, right? So, uh, so that's a neat dynamic. Dad tries to be hip and cool and uses words like sus and, you know, oh my uh, God. all the like abbreviations. Yeah. So the dad is very much in, in some ways like a Clark Griswold. At this point, he's not like physically bumbling like Clark Griswold, but he's, you know, he's that sort of dopey dad. Right. Mm. And they go to Ireland and they wind up, uh, they, 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 they're vacationing at this castle. And while they're in the castle, unbeknownst to them, they basically slip back in time and they wind up in old Ireland. Right. And, you know, so they're like, we have no cell phone service. What's going on. And then they go outside and then they see like, horse and carriages and they go to like an old t pub right and there's no menus and you know it's all that and, and they think they're in a reenactment they think they're mm. in a brand new you know celtic ireland reenactment so they're completely clueless to the fact that they've slipped back in time and i thought that was a really neat hook for this story uh again i liked the family dynamic and I like that it's sort of all ages with this sort of cutesy anime type style, like with the big eyes or with the kid who thinks he finds a four leaf clover and these like stars, you know, light up in his eyes. And, and there's, you know, interesting how what, what it looks like the mechanism that did transport them back in time uh, was. Uh, but the question, you know to be answered is why and th that will be clarified later on mm. um really neat visual trick where they digitally will um if you want to pay attention to something in the background like so their characters looking at a painting right so the background the painting they're looking at on the wall is crisp 
but they digitally blur the characters in the foreground mm. and then vice versa. So I kind of like that, that, that little trick uh, with the art to kind of give it a bit of a cinematic feel. Uh, so yeah. And I did forget the credits. So this was written by Lily and Robert Windom, uh, illustrated by Isaiah Fulmore lettered by Simon Boland and a blaze uh edited by kevin kettner assistant edited by amy jackson and then a blaze's managing editor is rich young uh so yeah family time number one by a blaze again a really good all ages sort of you know scrubby clean kind of book here uh but i found very fascinating and i found it uh compelling enough uh, with these characters in this family dynamic and and how they respond to being transported to the past without knowing it. Uh, the comedy, I thought, was really good good for that. So um, I might keep going with this, uh, but I definitely recommend it if you're looking for something for, you know, the young adults, uh, you know, the, the teens. Uh, I think this is a perfect fit. So Cool. Yes. All right. So that's uh, family time, right, from a blaze. Yep. All right, cool. Fantastic. All right, so I go next. So third book. Uh, this one is a one-shot. So this is, if you've not read, uh, from Scott Snyder and uh, Tony Daniel, uh, Noctera, you are missing out because it's just, <laughs> I love this book. It's fantastic. You know, Scott Snyder, it's, it's one of these things where I like him as a writer, but oftentimes when he starts things, they're so freaking wordy. Mm-hmm. He's giving you so inf- so much information that it feels like I'm reading prose with pictures. Um, but he's gotten better uh, at a lot of things, like even with uh, Dark Spaces, because he wrote that. Yep. Um, and that finished off as well, and that was absolutely fantastic um, in that respect. And he does this really great thing with his stories. They're you know accompanied by analogies of things that he's writing about. So like in, in Dark Spaces, everything was, you know, compared to the stages of fire with, you know, firefighters mm-hmm. uh, in the wild and how this, that analogy or, or how it correlated to what was happening in the story. So this this one shot is, is pretty much up that alley again. So basically, in a nutshell, Natera is about uh, it, a story around a girl named Thal Riggs. And I love these names because... A rig is another name for a tractor-trailer truck, um, and that's what they drive. So she's basically what they call a ferryman, which is basically just taking people from one destination to another destination for coin. And they're doing this because of uh, an event that happened that they call the Big PM, which means all the lights went out, and now these creatures called shadows live in the shadows of the dark, and they eat other people, and they eat everything. And what's really cool about what they do is they actually mutate. So if a shadow eats like a a deer and a bear, then it becomes like sort of like this deer bear kind of creature. Um, And the most powerful of them are the megas, which are made out of humans and stuff like that. So basically what they're trying to do is survive and at the same time trying to figure out how this happened, like who caused it or what caused it, and then trying to solve it um, by trying to get to this place to be able to bring back the light again. Um, so it's going on to issue 12, mm. um, and so much has happened. And so this kind of got broken up with this one shot, which is giving you the story behind the first ferryman. Oh, cool. now, but he puts, a, he puts the correlation to the ferryman, the first ferryman in ancient times, which would have been 
Do you know who? The um, uh, by name, no, but like the highway robber guys, like that. Or no, not the ferryman. Um, I was thinking highwayman. Oh yeah, Charon. Uh, yeah, Charon. Yeah. The, so the, the sticks. Yeah. correct. So he would take you from the land of the living where you died, and then ferry you across to uh, where you needed to go to your destination. And but if you didn't have the coin, he would leave you there for a hundred right. years in the darkness. Or even if you did have the coin and he didn't like you, then he would leave you there and let Cerebus have at you for a while <laughs> and stuff like that. So basically, the ferrymen are like that, and and so her like her upbringing and and her hardening her shell because of everything that's happened made her more like Charon where it was just like just doing transactional um, things and, and, and just making it very cold in that process um, when they're transporting humans from one destination to the other. But then she's, this is sort of like a retelling of the first ferryman that created out of the, after the big PM and how she was influenced by that, that, that person that did it. Um, and it's really cool because it, it goes full circle in regards to how she looked up to that first ferryman as a hero, but finds out something at the very end um, that I won't spoil. So if you are reading Noctera, I would definitely pick this up because it, it it's you know it gives you some really good background on uh, Val when she was younger um, and her influence on why she is the way she is now, which is pretty cool. And if you've not read Noctera, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, I would pick up the first volume, the first trade. If you pick this up, you probably won't you you'll get a good story out of it but you'll miss a lot of the context from you know previous stuff that's already been uh, mentioned especially with uh, the person that um she's actually saving right now because uh, okay. there's a little bit of background on there so yeah written by scott snyder and daniel uh art by francis Manipool, and then letters by and uh, and color by and world design or letters mm. actually uh by and world design um really 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 good um, I definitely uh, a pickup for anybody who's reading Noctera. If you're not reading Noctera, I implore you to go on and get the trade. You won't be disappointed. And then definitely pick up this one shot because, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, Tony Daniels is, dude, he's just gotten so much better over the years. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. still in the middle of uh, Batman RIP. So, right. and that was him. So, yeah, you can just see the evolution of his, his art and stuff. Well, actually, this is not him. Um, the cover is him. It's Fran the, Francis Manipal. Yeah, who's Manipal, yeah, who's yeah. also a really great artist. Yeah, and too. you know what's funny? Because if you look at it at first glance, there's similarities, but they're, they're quite different still. Like, yeah. I think in this particular one, uh, Francis is a little bit more loose, where Tony Daniels is a little tighter on his lines. Yeah. Um, in our respects. But if you look at the front cover, which is done by Tony Daniels, and you open up the interiors, you could almost pass for the same artist and stuff like that. So, yeah. So the original series is actually drawn by Tony Daniels. Uh, but yeah, super clean, super fun, super great. Some really great background on there. And then it kind of just tells you where it's shifting into uh, the next uh, issue, which is issue number 12. So I'm excited for that. So Noctera, Val Special, Image Comics, check it out. Cool. And last but not least. Yes. So I have from Sumerian Comics, that's S-U-M-E-R-I-A-N, The Firstborns. The Firstborns is... Uh, those credits were in a weird spot. Hang on. <laughs> the Firstborns is written by E and E Pliskin. And the art is by Luca Vassallo. Uh, there also, Luca had a concept art and design assist by Flavio Greco Paglia. And it's lettered by Ryan Ferrier. 
And this is a real, so first I just want to talk about like, so Sumerian does a lot of these books that are significantly shorter than your average comic, about almost an inch shorter than your average comic. So not shorter in the amount of pages, shorter (laughs) physically. Yeah. uh, Top to bottom. Right. Uh, And they use, they have a, a nice stock on the cover and then the, the paper inside is good because it's like a it's like a almost a rough glossy right mm-hmm. i don't know i just i love the feel of this book uh because it kind of feels like an underground indie comic like in your hands uh the paper choice i think is really cool kind of makes it feel like a self-published zine or something like that mm-hmm. uh, especially due to the size so i i really i like i just i don't know i like the the the, the size that they use for this it's an odd size but I, I think it's really cool just for the aesthetic of the book and yes the artist has a little bit less real estate to work with um on the page but they the, the luca vasallo fills the page really well mm. this is one of those it reminds me a lot of like charles burns's um how was it uh uh black not blackout um uh, now I'm blanking on that, but uh, it, this reminds me of those weird stories about aliens in the woods that we don't know what they do, but they have horrible effects on human beings. Mm. Uh, so that's pretty much what this is. You actually start on another planet where you see this this giant green mountain of tendrils we'll say uh that wipes out a species it takes off uh then you see you're on earth and you see this kid getting chased by like a bunch of punks it's it's like they're they're like really bad versions of like the three bullies on the simpsons including the one guy who's got like the skull on his shirt Mm -hmm. and they uh they chase this kid in the woods and then the, the, the the kid falls off this like cliff and he gets knocked out and they freak the bullies freak out run away and like, this never happened. You know, they hide the kid's bike and the kid wakes up hours later and he sees this big glowing thing. Right. And then he sees it just consume a deer with fire. And so, of course, the first thing the kid decides to do is go up and touch the thing. Of course. And, and then it like cuts to, uh, I guess, his friend who is at home and he's sort of gets this sense that something's wrong. And then, yeah, the last page is just this kid in the woods just totally getting consumed by fire from this thing. And that's how you end it, which is great. It's just <laughs> super weird and really, you know, raises those questions of, of what is this thing and what is it doing? And I really dug the art style because, again, it's very much like that. Uh, a lot of ways also remind me of like the Peter Badge, like hate, like the Buddy Chronicles type of mm, art, that very mm. cartoony, a little bit like what James Kachalka I was talking about last week, like that sort of c- cartoony but dark art, you know? So a lot of heavy lines, a um, lot of scratchy details, uh, but real lush and dense colors uh, to really make you like feel like you're in the woods or that, you know, you're in this weird suburban town in the middle of the night uh, where like, a couple street lights and maybe a television is a loom is the only illumination you have. So I really loved like the dark woods and, and perverted suburbia uh, vibe of this book. Um, black hole, Charles Burns, black hole. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, so that's uh, that if you like that kind of weird type of indie book, 
um, again, where you don't really know what's going on at the offset, but it is just visually captivating um, and just weirdly done. Uh, I really recommend this, The Firstborns. Um, I, I really want to see where this is going, and I like the format. I like the presentation. Um, yeah, I really liked everything about this. Oh, cool. Yeah, they do that other one, Sarah Lone. As yeah. part of the Sumerian. Yeah, that's the only weird thing. I mean, I, I, I get it. That you do anything you can to stand out. But, you know, cutting the book one inch um, drives me insane. But, but you know yeah. what? I'd rather have it shorter than, you know, wider. bigger than a normal. Yeah, wider or longer. Yeah. Or like the, the Last Ronin, that book irritated the soul out of me. Because <laughs> it was too was... small for a mag, but it was too big for a regular. And I was like, what the <laughs> fudge maybe that's the deal maybe sumerian wanted to do regular size comics but all that extra inch was taken up by the last room because <laughs> that was like an inch taller than a regular comic yes same width yeah. or they or they put it in a washing machine and it shrunk it shrunk <laughs> one or the other um all right gang so that's four books for you this week to check out gargoyles nocturne advanced special family time and the firstborns um it's very rare that we get stuff that we actually really enjoy like all of it um, and I think this week was actually a good week. And there was even more number yeah. ones that were out there. But fuck, to read all that shit and, you know, stay up and uh, up on everything. We just took what was looked really interesting. And I think that's part of, you know, mo us moving forward is even if there are 11 number ones is finding the most interesting things that are, you know, interesting to us, especially when because I don't know how you look at books, but oftentimes it's, you know, you do judge a book by its cover mm -hmm. uh, because that's what draws you in first. And then you look at the interior art and then. Um, you know, take a quick glance at what you think it might be about. So yeah. that's what, we, what we've been doing lately. And sometimes it's just the luck of the draw because I think Silent Night, right, was, uh, I think there was only like one copy left. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is, I think, uh, uh, based off of the movie that's coming out. Yeah, right? yeah, it's it's a tie into that movie, like the Fright Night one that, uh, you know, a year between issues on that. But yeah, I don't know if it was a sequel, a prequel, prequel yeah. a, a whatnot. But, but it was uh, a something. Yeah, a whatnot, yeah. That's this definitely not a whatnot. It's not a whatnot, no, because it didn't look like graffiti. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. But, yes. So, oftentimes, it's the luck of the draw, but just know that, you know, there, there could be any number of number ones. So, we implore you to do your own research as well and experiment. Just pick stuff off the shelf that you probably normally wouldn't read and, you know, yeah. expand your horizons. Because one of the things that I love why we're doing this is that it forces us to read things that we normally wouldn't gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we've, we've come across some really, you know, surprisingly good things. Like, Do a Powerbomb was just, fuck, I can't say enough about that damn fucking book. Like, normally <laughs> I probably wouldn't have picked it up, even though I like Daniel Warren Johnson stuff and stuff like that. I, it, I just wouldn't. But, yeah, it, it, I'm just glad we're doing this because it, it's forced me to, you know, take on things and we find gems like that and I'm happy. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a book like I think I wouldn't like, I turned out really liking, you know. So like, there's there's things like that too. There's yeah, more and then it's just more money out of our pocket, like <laughs> double edged sword. I is... just you know, and it was good to have a lot of options because there were a lot of sci fi heavy number yes, ones. And yes. So I'm like a little burnt out on like future sci fi like that and fucking the post apocalyptic shit we were post apocalyptic going stuff or the, the or the haunted western. Yes, but you know what's <laughs> funny is that it's 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 similar to like movies, right? Because yeah. you have a whole fucking genre of movies coming out because you get like freaking Armageddon, Deep Impact Follows. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's just genres of shit coming out and it's whoever gets there first and then everybody else just kind of follows. So I guess comics do the same thing as well. They have their yeah. cycles of different genres that they roll out. But yeah, that, that's, that's 
it is what it is. But all right, four books for you guys this week. If you like what you're hearing, please click subscribe to the podcast. Better yet, tell one million of your friends to tell one million of their friends to, to have a listen and be turned on to who be turned on uh, to new comics. <laughs> um, if you are a creator out there or just want to, you know, voice your own opinion on comics. How about that? You have an opinion on comics um, and want to be on a podcast. Just visit AmazingActionComics.com slash podcast. Fill out the form. Give you two cents um, and we'll have you on. I'm going to try to have Justin on probably over the next couple of weeks so that he can talk a little bit about Red Hyena and, nice. you know, what we got coming out in 2023. So we've been planning, you know, what's going on for the first quarter of next year until uh, the next half. So, yeah, we're, we're really excited. So hopefully have him on in a couple of weeks before um, the year's over to, to have to discuss that. Um, stay up to date on everything Amazing Action Comics at AmazingActionComics.com. And please support your local comic book shops by visiting them and purchasing many, many, many books and things for them so they're around for years to come. Phil, where do you get your comics from? Well, I get my comics at The Joker's Child in Fairlaw, New Jersey. And man, the uh, the holiday deep dive gifts uh, ideas just keep on rolling. Uh, you spotlighted one yesterday that I think is just one of the coolest things that that we pulled out of the uh, the toys in the attic uh, room there. Uh, the 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 Batman animated series Batcave playset with Alfred action figure, and this is from the DC collectibles. Uh, shortly before I think they they folded for some time before they came back, uh, but this was like a really really cool piece. I remember when this came out. It was really nice to see it again uh if you have any you know six inch scale animated batman figures and you find that he is wanting without his butler and his bat cave well we got it at the joker's child in Fairlawn, uh, new jersey come and check that thing out that thing is beautiful awesome yeah it's, it's pretty heavy and big too and i promise you that if you ever get to meet phil in real life he does not click when he talks so it's all good all right, kitties, that's all that we have. Kitties, that's all that we have for you this week. Until next week and next time, please be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing. <laughs>